I'm Sarah Earle, and this is School Talk. Reaching Higher is fortunate to be hosting a John G. Winant Fellow through the Carsey School of Public Policy this summer. Hannah Harding, a rising senior at the University of New Hampshire, has been conducting research on first-generation college students as part of her degree program, and she's expanding on that research for us. She's also a first-generation college student herself. She joined me to talk about her own journey and what she hopes to learn through her research. cool talking to you the first time um, when you spoke about being a first-generation college student and discovering this passion for educational equity. Can you tell us a little bit about your background and how you decided to pursue a college degree? Um, So I'm from Milford, New Hampshire. Uh, We had a lot of students in my high school that were really destined for college, it seemed. That was always part of their plan. Um, And then we had a lot of students that were interested in maybe taking a less traditional path to schooling or not going to higher ed at all. Um, Maybe they wanted to enter into a trade right out of school and jump right into the workforce. Uh, For me, I was one of the students that was always planning to go to college as soon as I knew what college was. Um, And I had pretty big dreams (laughs) as a junior in high school. I really wanted to pursue psychology. It was my plan to go, you know, all eight years plus years and get a doctorate in psychology. I wanted to be um, a clinical psychologist um, and work with patients. That was my original dream. Um, and then once I got to college, I actually realized I had an interest in education as well and not so much that clinical aspect. And so I decided to start in contributing education classes into my degree plan um, and pursuing both psych and ed. Excellent. And um, now you're approaching kind of the final lap of your college journey. What has the experience been like so far? Um, And what factors do you think have affected your trajectory the most? So what I think changed my trajectory the most was actually how much I struggled with school in my first year. Um, A lot of first-generation students experience this, but it stems from a lack of understanding of what's called the hidden curriculum. And that's, you know, how to connect with faculty, how to take advantage of office hours, how to balance work and life on a college campus. Um, Because I didn't have anyone in my household that went to college, I didn't really have anyone to help me address those concerns. And so I felt myself starting to actually distance myself from school, you know, questioning if I was actually meant to be there. Um, And that's a pretty common experience for first-generation students. And so I kind of decided I wanted to look into that and what my experience looks like looks like as a first-generation student and how other first-generation students experience college. And that's when I decided um, I wanted to start adding education courses into my curriculum um, and really gearing my career towards um, the experiences of students. How did you kind of grab onto that idea of equity in education and really kind of run with it? Yeah, so once I decided I wanted to start taking some education courses, I decided I should try getting more in touch um, with this interest and finding, you know, what aspects of it I connected with the most. And so I read a couple books by Jonathan Kozal. He wrote something called Savage Inequalities, which is about 
the um, children living in the poorest sections of America and what their education system looks like and how that affects um, what they're able to accomplish in the years to come. And also a couple books by Peggy Orenstein. She wrote School Girls, um, which is about the experiences, experiences of young girls in the K through 12 system um, in typically more disadvantaged areas versus more white affluent areas um, and what those girls experience, how it, how it changes the ways that they connect to education. And so I started reading up on that um, and I decided I wanted to enroll in a course called Education, Poverty and Development at UNH. And during this course, I actually gave a presentation with a couple other students on New Hampshire school funding. It was during the Commission to Study School Funding and we were able to bring in a New Hampshire Listens representative to talk to our class. And we actually showed the video that Reaching Higher had made um, about school funding in New Hampshire. And so that was kind of the perfect storm for me. Once I was able to connect, you know, my personal experiences with this interest that I had in educational research with my home state, um, it seemed like destiny, honestly. That was uh, when everything kind of took off for me. Tell us a little bit about the project you're undertaking on first-generation college students as part of your program of studies. So UNH offers something called INCO 590, which is a one-credit opportunity for undergrad students that are interested in exploring research um, and maybe developing a project of their own. And so I got to work with Dr. Judy Sharkey as my mentor. She was my professor for this education and poverty class. And she's also chair of the education department at UNH. And she helped me develop um, a project that was accessible to me um, and something I was passionate about. And so she helped me develop a project that is that involves interviewing TRIO students at UNH about their experiences with the program, um, what accomplishments they've been able to achieve, that kind of thing. Okay, and what is TRIO exactly? So TRIO is, TRIO refers to an umbrella of federally funded programs that are designed to aid primarily first-generation and low-income students um, across college campuses and in middle and high schools as well. What has your project entailed so far and what are your plans for it? Yeah, so the UNH program of TRIO is funded to support about 200 students each year. And so right now I'm still in the stages of trying to recruit these students to participate. Um, I'm hoping that I can extend this right um, into the next semester when I'm back on campus and I can actually talk one-on-one -on -one with students, hopefully in person, um, and get to know them and get them involved um, and wanting to participate in what I'm doing. Um, I've reached out to several student orgs on campus that I think are gonna be most interested in having their voices heard, being represented um, in this kind of research. Um, so it's very small and I'm still trying to get the ball rolling, but um, I'm hoping that I can kick it into gear once the semester rolls back around. So what do you ultimately hope to learn about first-generation college students through this project? So I really wanna focus on two things. One is the trio supports that these students find most useful for them and what they've accomplished at UNH so far. Each student 
obviously has a different approach to education, a different approach to learning. And because TRIO offers a pretty wide variety of services, they have um, specific academic courses, um, course advising, they have tutoring, they have advice on how to manage debt, student loans, um, how to apply for the FAFSA. So I'm really curious to know what services they find themselves turning to the most um, and you know how this has shaped their time at UNH. It feels like we sometimes discuss first-generation college students in terms of the challenges they face and the extra supports they might need. But you actually began your research focusing on some of the attributes that might give first-generation college students an advantage. Can you talk a little bit about what those might be? Absolutely. So when I started looking into the experiences of first-gen students, um, I was kind of looking for something to validate my experiences and the struggles that I was having in higher ed. And I did find that. I found a lot of information about high dropout rates, rates of attrition, um, you know, how hard it can be to finish a degree when you experience being first generation or low income. And that was great. Um, but what really benefited me was when I found research in support of the positive attributes of being first gen, of overcoming these obstacles. Because when you look at what it takes to succeed in a higher ed atmosphere, when you have these parts of your identity, um, you see things like curiosity, perseverance, self-reliance, those attributes really kind of blossom out of these struggles that you're going through. And they're, they're attributes that make you a great student. I mean, you're going to do great things in the workforce in the future when you're ready to put your degree to work. Um, and so I'm really hoping that the research I can do, whether it's now or maybe one day I pursue something at a larger scale, um, I'm really hoping that I can focus on these positive attributes because it's going to bring about more support for these students. And I'm hoping that maybe a student like me that was looking up, you know, what does it mean to be first gen um, is might find something like this and say, hey, what I'm going through is really hard, but look at all the positive qualities about it. So what's the overall value of this research, both for those who are directly involved in the TRIO program, but also for higher education leaders and then for young people and for their families? Definitely. So when it comes to higher education leaders, I think first generation students um, really serve as a great opportunity to increase rates of, of retention, which is something every college should be aiming to do. Um, and when they see research like this that says, look what these students are able to accomplish beyond graduating, um, you know, what, what are they able to contribute to a campus um, when they're accurately supported, when they have support systems like TRIO in place, um, look at all they're able to offer you in your university. And for young people, um, maybe parents that are getting ready to send off a student to college for the first time, um, I'm hoping that it's really just going to raise awareness of the supports that are out there. It is known that first-generation and low-income students typically turn to on-campus resources at a lower rate, um, in part because of a lack of awareness. So I'm hoping that research like this and anything I can do, maybe, again, like I said, like on a larger scale one day, um, will raise awareness about these supports and also taking this positive light to it help students keep going um, and, you know, kind of preventing that, that decline that I, that I experienced that 
starting to pull away from school because I felt like I didn't didn't belong there. Um, and I'm hoping that if they can see this, maybe um, you know it it sparks them to believe that they can do it and they can overcome um, and to see their strengths um, really shown in this research. School Talk is produced by our intern, Henry Lavoie. To stay up to date on education news, follow us on Facebook, sign up for our newsletter at reachinghighernh.org, and follow School Talk wherever you get your podcasts. <laughs>